Welcome back, everyone, for another exciting episode of Movie Dummies, where we will talk about, well, Laura will talk about what she thinks the Titanic is about. I've never seen the Titanic. Woohoo! <laughs> so this, uh, we're going to do something kind of similar to the first episode with Ferris Bueller, because I definitely have seen this movie. So, Laura, take it away. <laughs> Well, first of all, the fact that I haven't seen the Titanic is probably like a statistical anomaly. It's like one of the most popular films of all time. I kind of don't want to see it. I'm going to watch it for our show, but I never wanted to see it because in my head I was like, I know what happens. Ship sinks. Done. (laughs) Um, But that's kind of like the cold, uncaring part of me. Um, So let me try to switch into gear some like uh, sensitivity about art and (laughs) (laughs) storylines and romance and all those cool things. Um, So I guess I'll jump into what I think I know about it. I know different references from other shows, from what people have said about it, and like the debate uh, at the end, and, you know, from history. (laughs) I know Leo DiCaprio's in it. There's a romance with a woman. I feel like her name's Scarlett. I could be wrong. So I've been to the Titanic Museum in Belfast, which I told Meg about before this show. Tell tell them your reaction. I thought I heard that there was a Titanic Museum where when you go in, they give you a name of a passenger, like you are the passenger, and at the end they tell you if you live or die. And I think that's like <laughs> wildly cruel. Like this is a tragedy, not a game. What place is doing this? I think it's in Orlando. (laughs) (laughs) Americans. (laughs) That is not what this Belfast Museum was. They like really got behind like how this whole like village of people put their whole lives into making this ship. And it was like such a tragedy, not only for like the people who died, but for like the fact that these working class people like poured their soul into making this like um, scientific um, novelty. And then um, some of them like lost their hearing because like the like machinery was too loud. Some of them had like all kinds of like lifelong health problems, but they were like, it's okay. It's for the Titanic. Like I'm for it. We're all doing this together. Community. Wow. But I guess it's just a game in Orlando. Yeah, they really just focused on the wrong part. Because of that museum, I have some images in my head of what it looked like. Like ornate, beautiful carpentry, really fancy rugs and furniture, chandeliers. Uh, I know it was for rich people. I obviously know it sunk and that there was an (laughs) iceberg involved. There was recently- We gave that away. Yeah. (laughs) So Leo DiCaprio and possibly a woman named Scarlett um, are entwined in a romance. And I feel like um, the scene opens up with them like going onto the boat and like maybe the title comes in real slow and cursive with like some fancy orchestra music like, Ooh. oh no, that's spooky. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's actually a ghost story. <laughs> I would have been so down to watch it if that's what I thought Titanic was about. (laughs) I would love like a haunted ship situation. That'd be dope. Classical music that I can't imitate um, comes on. Um, This young woman is like waving to her mom goodbye or whatever her parents like. They're rich, so they got her a ticket or something. 
She has a beautiful skirt and blouse on. They enter the Titanic. She like bumps into Leo accidentally. At first she's like, oh, how rude. But then he turns around and it's Leo DiCaprio. And she's like, I hope we bang on this boat. (laughs) (laughs) I really hope we bang on this boat. Um, And he's kind of, he's like side-eyeing her. And he's also like, I hope we bang on this boat. Anyway, they get separated because it's kind of like a crowd and like everyone's really excited. They're on the Titanic, a new thing. It's like all that they've been talking about for like the past year because um, this is a big deal and rich people love to have stuff no one else has. Here's the thing. I don't know if she has any friends on this boat. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to work things so I don't give anything away. Um, do you mean like you don't think she has any like you're going with like a, she's by herself on her own adventure or like you're just not sure at this moment so you have to try to think of something here's the thing i left her parents ashore but like they wouldn't let a young woman just travel back then maybe she has like a cousin and like an aunt and uncle or something um, I feel like there's a lot of scenes of her, like, looking longingly out into the ocean. Like, she'll find love out there for some reason. Um, a merman. Yeah. <laughs> and it's cold. Like, they're not even in, like, the nice part of the ocean. So I'm like, girl, get back inside. Like, that sea spray is icy. <laughs> Just wait till you see the iceberg. <laughs> um, so throughout the, the movie, like, romance, like, just crescendos with her and leo dicaprio over like in the beginning like these micro moments um there's like appetizers he finds a way to talk to her using the appetizers as an excuse i'm not saying there were mozzarella sticks but like the you know age appropriate version of that was being served by the um waiters like i don't know finger sandwiches i don't i don't know i don't know what they ate yeah fancy (laughs) foods I, i don't know either I, I will say you, there is food in this movie, but I could not even tell you what it is. <laughs> okay, so they're flirting over some caviar, um, and he's like, hey, I'm kind of a bad boy, so do you want to go to this part of the ship no one else knows about? And she's like, uh, hell yeah. So they go outside and up really far. I don't really know ship parts, um, but we'll say they like climb a ladder or something. They're like giggling. They've had some drinks. Who hasn't on a boat, you know? Like what's the point of going on the boat if there's no champagne? And so they, they go up high and that's when that uh, weird, like he holds her waist and her arms are out seeing those <laughs> at like the boat. Um, honestly, I think that moment right then and there is why I've never seen it because I was like, I, I don't want to watch this tomfoolery. That is that is a, a famous scene from the movie. It's a famous scene. And I think the camera must like do like a shot from like off of the boat so that you can see them on the boat. And it like maybe like wraps around like panoramic style and like the music gets like higher to like really emphasize how special this moment is. Um, maybe the light's beautiful or whatever. They're really just... Um, really bonding, ready to bang. Um, they've done all the um, pre-game flirtation stuff. The only thing is I'm sure her aunt and uncle don't really approve. I think her cousin's probably younger and is like, I don't really know anything about this stuff. Um, Do you, is, so, is, her, is her cousin a boy or a girl? 
I'm imagining a girl cousin, but maybe like an in the closet lesbian kid, like doesn't know she's a lesbian yet. Like if your sister was on the Titanic <laughs> as a 10 year old. See, I thought you were, because it's the 90s, I thought you were going to say something about how a lot of characters are like queer coded, but not like actually out because of the industry at the time. But I guess in the closet, young person also works. Yeah, I mean, I don't know this kid's deal. And I also don't think that she is like in it enough to like really change the plot. Like I think the purpose of this little cousin character is for the main character to sometimes consult and to also maybe like try to get her to hide like her aunt and uncle from like catching her banging this dude. (laughs) Yeah, just like an ally. Yeah, and I think the aunt and uncle don't like Leo, and they've probably, like, caught a few glimpses of them, like, drooling o- over each other, over, like, the hors d'oeuvres. Um, and they're like, wait, we know who he is. He's actually from, like, a bad family. Um, you know, the stuff, like, parents care about. Yeah, like, classic, like, romance trope of the yeah. family not really liking the person for some reason that they find. I get you. I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So little cousin is helping out. Um, Scarlet or whatever is like having sex on a ship, um, but not really on like camera. Like it, it's got to be alluded to because this is a family film. So like, there's no actual sex, but like we all know, we all know. <laughs> but it's about the romance. They're they're blossoming. The captain at some point is like, we're all going to die. Um, people are panicking, but the band keeps playing. Crisis work ensues. People are um, trying to come up with, uh, oh, there's more people than lifeboats. Mm, basic math. So the chivalrous thing that Leonardo does is um, he lets her take this lifeboat and then the argument that people get real upset over is that um, he could have fit on the boat, but it really wasn't even about that. It was about something else, about the boat not working if there's two of them. I don't know. Who knows what happened to her cousin, her cousin that might not exist <laughs> or her aunt and uncle. Maybe they don't exist either. But anyway. Can, can I ask you a question? Mm-hmm. How much of the movie do you think is pre and post iceberg oh that's a great question um now that you ask that most of the movie is post iceberg because it takes a long time to sink wow so it's less about them banging and more of them trying to live to bang in the future so that they can (laughs) bang on land Um, in america land ho um um, anyway so now that mention the ratio you're right I think most of the movie is post iceberg because it's them trying to build solutions together but like what's this what's the solution you know like get as many people as you can onto lifeboats I think they go for the women and children um the band doesn't make it which is unfortunate and then the workers perish as usual um yeah and they die. And I guess maybe they make it to land the the lifeboat people. But I don't know what land they make it to um, or where they crashed or how they're going to get help. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting movie because, well, a lot of it 
not a lot of it, but like while watching it, you think some of the stuff that happens, you're like, oh, this is like real life. Even if some of the characters that they have aren't like weren't like actually on the boat or whatever, you're like, oh, this is still something that's really sad because like we all know the outcome of what happens. <laughs> like overall, overall, do you think Scarlet and Leo survive? Um, I think Scarlet survives and Leo does not. Okay. Going, judging, based off of, like, our uh, movie dummies uh, checklist of everything we should hit, do you think there's, like, a main, like, I don't want to say villain, but, like, do you think there's, like, a main, like, bad guy to Uh, this movie? Or a bad person? Not all bad people are guys. (laughs) Hmm. Um. There's gotta be, but I, I, the iceberg, like, is it the iceberg? Yeah, the iceberg actually moved in front of the boat. <laughs> it was like, this is, this is my swamp. <laughs> Get out of my swamp. Okay, okay. I was just looking, because I, I think we hit on everything. The characters, um, their, comp- do you think Leo has any companions? Because, like, you got, you were talking about, like, um, Scarlet's people and life and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but what about Leo? Well, we know he's a bad boy and he came from um, a family that's at least well off enough to get him a ticket. But, like, there's some kind of political offness about his family and this family. So he must be there with his family. But I don't think he has a cousin to, you know, have his back. The way that Scarlet does. So maybe um, the bad guy is like, ooh, maybe there's a waiter who's like knowing what's going on. And he's like spreading the rumors back to both of the families and just like watching the chaos happen. Okay. I really don't know what happened on this boat. I'm going to be honest. That's not a a terrible guess. And he has like like a Wario type mustache (laughs) in my mind. Yeah, that's an even better guess. Is a server with a Wario mustache who's like playing both sides and is just living for the drama. Yeah. <laughs> Played by Billy Eichner. Absolutely. And he's like <laughs> obsessed with the fact that he got on this ship to begin with because he's in the working <laughs> class. But also was like kind of like annoyed at all these rich people. So he's like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> like, let's go. <laughs> Played by Billy yeah. Played by Billy Eichner, yeah. Um, yeah, I I like it. Is there is there anything else you want to add? So you did it. I it's it's like a pretty solid like guess for a plot. Yeah, right. I've got a beginning, middle, and end. I think the credits at the end must be real slow. Um, more classical music, enough time for people to give it a standing ovation. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna give one spoiler away. The end credits, the song is Your Heart Will Go On by Celine right, Dion. I did know that. Yes, I did know that. And um, Yeah, I, I feel like, yeah, I feel like you probably did, but I was like, I just want to give that to you. This is not too off-brand for me. You know how I always find new friends in places? I found myself last summer at some point during the pandemic on a Bushwick rooftop with a... Um, and a 27-year-old man who was playing My Heart Will Go On on the recorder really badly. 
that was just like a real like mid pandemic moment for me. Um, and it was like really bad and like janky. And we were all like, oh, very good. <laughs> at the end. And I really wish like his recording of it was at the end of the actual movie. <laughs> Oh man, get that man to play our outro music for this episode. <laughs> All right, that was a that was solid. Pretty impressed. I can't wait to watch this movie. I can't wait to see your reaction to this movie. Yeah, I, uh, let me rephrase. I don't actually want to see the movie or have knowledge of it. I just want like enough to. Um, see how right or wrong I am. Nice. All right. So we'll, we'll be back and we'll talk about the movie in just a couple moments. All right. And we are, we're back and we're recording. We're back. <laughs> so Laura, what, what, what were your initial thoughts when watching this movie? First impression, long ass movie. Um, Two VHSs, as you said before. Uh, this was a long, long movie. It's actually, in my opinion, two separate films. There's the first part of the Titanic. It's a love story. We're happy. We're having a good time. There's parties, dancing, all that. Second half of the movie, complete, utter tragedy. These are two films. And I need you to know that the night before I watched the Titanic for realsies, I had nightmares of being stuck on boats the whole night i hadn't even watched it yet this was just me getting ready to watch the film i had so many dreams about like being stuck at sea it was awful yeah it's it really is two movies because it's it's the love story that everybody thinks about and then after the iceberg hits i think it just turns into like a like a psychological horror story <laughs> because it's like very it's, it's very claustrophobic it's it's real like people really died and they show different ways of people dying whether like other than just like oh the boat's going down everybody drowned it's like no people were like shot and like a beam fell on them and it's it's intense it's really just like death after death after death and it just makes you feel so uncomfortable in your body watching it but i mean well done great film um i I don't regret watching it, but I really think like if I went my life without seeing the Titanic, I'd be more comfortable. Yeah, I sometimes I just think about that movie because it when I was little, I was really scared of it. So as you were saying before, it was two VHSs. We had the, the VHS set when I was a kid. And it, I think the first half uh, was up until the iceberg hit. And then when the iceberg hit, it was, you had to put in that second VHS because the movie was so long. And I would pretty much just watch that first one. <laughs> and then I'd be like, I'm good. Yeah, and something you had mentioned um, off of the recording was the role of classism in this movie. And I totally forgot that the middle and lower class had like a way to get tickets. And it came back to me as I was watching it, like when I went to the museum, they had like recreated some of like the middle class cabins. And I, that's, that's what I forgot. And that's why I was trying to figure out when I was explaining like my idea of what happened in the movie, 
I forgot that like middle class people were even allowed on this. And so I was trying to figure out how um, Leo DiCaprio was able to be on this or like why he was like disliked. In my head, he wasn't rich, like um, Rose, not Scarlet. Kind of similar though, <laughs> right? Like they're like of the same, you know, genre of first names. Yeah, right? I could see. I could see it. Yeah. Yeah. How, like you think of Red when you hear both of them. Yeah, yeah. I, it's pulling from the same pod of, like, rich girl names. And, um, in like, when I first thought of it, I was thinking, like, I feel like maybe they don't like him because he's poor, but, like, how are they letting poor people on this boat unless they're, like, you know, workers? And I don't think he's a worker. Uh, and that's why, because they, they did have tickets and he, you know, gambled and got there. But one thing that I had no idea about was, like, that it starts in the 90s as an expedition of like scientists and we, we texted through this whole movie, as you know, <laughs> and I, I'm just going to read through some of these texts, which the first one is like about how I forgot about the paint me like one of your, or draw me like one of your French girls. Like I've heard people say this all the time. And for years I had no idea why they were saying it. And I was like, I don't know what French girls they're talking about. Someone eventually explained it to me, but I forgot to talk about it in our previous recording but around the like old lady rose like being flown out to like come to the titanic like site um why did she bring her goldfish yeah this was my my text to you they flew her out on a chopper with like many question marks (laughs) How the fuck did those goldfish survive the helicopter ride? It's like that girl from Finding Nemo, like, shakes the bag. And, like, all the fish are afraid of her. Like, on a fucking helicopter? No way. Those fish are dead. And then the beginning of the film, she makes this comment, which I texted to you about, which was, she says, and I quote, It was a slave ship taking me to America in chains. Um, ma'am? You being trapped Such in a, a bad comparison is nothing like the Atlantic slave trade. That was that was out of touch, Rose. But you know what? That's kind of on character for her, right? Yeah, I I talk it up to her, her character and also nineties writing. <laughs> Absolutely. That was a blind spot of the writers, but like they, you know, accidentally, you know, kind of fit with who Rose is, right? Like She's yeah, out, yeah. She's probably out of touch. Yeah. I can almost guarantee at the time, whoever came up with that line was like, oh, this is such a good line. It's such a good comparison. Like, people know exactly what she's talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Um, the next comment that I have in our string of text messages is, I'm watching them bang right now, and I don't think I'm very wrong so far. Mine is all of the characters. <laughs> you weren't far off. Like, I still think our episode where we were the most wrong was Back to the Future. Like, but other than that, I think I think you talking about Titanic was very similar to me talking about um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, where it was like you got the general idea of what it was about. It was just like the very specific details of it, mm-hmm. which you aren't going to know unless you watch the movie. Because like... <laughs> You, oh, I, I wrote down a line that you said, um, and it's, it's paraphrasing, but you said something about how, like, rich people like to have things that other people don't, and I was like, that's basically what this movie is, like, throughout <laughs> this whole thing, 
And again, I didn't realize this until I watched it very recently, but this whole thing is just a commentary on, first of all, classism, and second of all, just like rich people fully unaware of the what's going on around them in their life. Like, when the ship is going down, there's this guy who's like, we're going to go, we're going to die like gentlemen, but can you get me a scotch? Like, it's just, I just thought it was so interesting. And like, that way, I also thought there was like a lot of like humor throughout it too, because I think like they knew what they were doing. So it's like very funny in a very sad way that these things were happening. I actually had like the opposite reaction to the scotch comment. I thought that was like, you know, such a calm response to a crisis in a way that's like, I, and like you said, like, I totally know what's going on and that we will perish imminently, but it's such a like controlled way to respond to a crisis. It's kind of impressive. Makes you think that whoever, you know, that character is in, in my head canon, that character you know, was doing some kind of crisis work before this. And that's why they were better able to cope with it. But um, yeah, I mean, this was, you know, a story about classism where the, the characters who are middle and lower class, just like in, you know, real life experience, um, trouble before the upper class does so like the water's coming in at the bottom of the deck they know that the boat is having some problems way before the rich people even know like there's a part where water is coming into the boat and um the evil fiance is like worried about getting um leo in trouble or something yeah they're like you have to get to the upper deck and he's like no we have a problem first and they're like yes, there's a problem. And he's like, no, like, we need the police involved. And I was like, all right, like, let's get this over with so we can all try to survive. Like, let's just lock him up so we can all try to escape. Which, why were they catering to that? Like, come on. It was just very interesting. I, I'm really glad that we ended up doing this movie because I think I appreciate it so much more since watching it now. As soon as the boat gets hit, we see people die because they close those doors. Mm -hmm. And I was like, huh, I didn't think about that. <laughs> yeah. I also, I don't know if this is 100% true, but because I wasn't about to rewatch that movie. It's four hours long, like, <laughs> I did it once. <laughs> but I don't think anybody who was in the upper class, most of them obviously survived. Like the, like the ones with names, the characters, they all survived. They got on the boat somewhere, somehow. But all the ones who, like, kind of drowned, none of them really had, like, a harsh death. Versus I feel like the ones who, like, had to die outside of just, like, the drowning that, were, that was on camera, I feel like those were all, like, the lower class people that they were trying to not save, which is crazy. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was, it was a tragedy. I knew it was going to be, but to watch it is a totally different experience. Like, I knew the boat sunk. I had that spoiler alert in my head watching it. And I'm just looking at my text to you. I was like, damn, this boat is really sinking. Um, <laughs> because it was. It, it was really, really scary. <laughs> it was terrifying. Um, and they did a, a great job of capturing that. And, like, I know Rose was so in love with Leo. But, like, she gave up so many lifeboats. Girl! <laughs> Okay, what did you think about the the end? Like when, because we talked about the debate a little bit 
where there wasn't enough room, there was enough room for that, like, like that piece of wood of that door she was on. Did you have any thoughts on that? Where Jack dies and she survives? I know people say like he couldn't, like he could have fit on that floating metal or whatever it was. But when they both tried to get on, it would sink. Exactly. I'm so glad you said that because I wanted to do this podcast specifically to bring up this point that people look at only size and not buoyancy into its sinking. But also, you know what else? Like, is the reason why it didn't fit? That's what the writers chose to do. <laughs> like, like in that world, Jack wasn't going to survive. I brought this up at work and it, people were screaming at each other over this debate. Um, because it's like, I watched the Titanic for the first time, instantly arguments over this exact issue. It was incredible. Yeah, they, it would have sunk 100% um, case, case in point. But also, they weren't filling all of the boats to its fullest capacity, which is, it reminded me of so many um, tragedies in recent time that were mishandled and that by human error people perished and that made it feel really real yeah yeah but fiance's guyliner we got to give it up that was great yeah when i think of titanic it's weird because i think of him before i think of kate winslet or leonardo dicaprio like titanic billy zane like i think he killed it in that role the 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 character himself clearly problematic and you know what i loved the band I underestimated the soundtrack of this movie. I thought it was going to be a little more like slow and like classical for some reason, but they had some like Irish breakdowns and reels go in and it was actually like pretty cool. And that dance scene down below deck, that was fun. That was a fun dance scene. Yeah. You know, it was in the first movie, not the second one where everyone died. It was in the first part. Yeah. Yeah, that was in the rom-com. Because I had such a hard time remembering it because it was a long movie. I was joking with a co-worker who was like, I don't think you watched the Titanic. You watched some kind of knockoff. And we were talking about the Titanic. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like saying things that were like really wrong. Like, because I thought um, Billy Zane's um, friend who was snitching was a servant i thought he was a waiter the whole time and they're like you didn't watch the titanic you watched something different like the titanic okay so i the movie itself is good character development for anything outside of those three characters not not as good like they just kind of throw characters in there and then they just kind of leave them because there's so many people on this damn boat like they had opportunities yeah it I to be honest, I never really knew exactly what he was. I just thought he was like a henchman or something. But when in the original, when you yeah, in the first half of this podcast, when you were talking about the waiter who was trying to play both sides, played by um, Billy Eichner, that's who I was thinking of. I was like, that's funny because that's basically the character. I want the remake with Billy Eichner. I maintain that. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. I think it'd be so good. That would be amazing. I'd love to watch him stir up trouble and yell at people. They could have done a little more with the band who was, uh, I admired the band the most and how they kept playing. And that part apparently is real. Is that right? Mm-hmm. That's really heartwarming. Yeah. How, how so many people on this boat really faced death with such dignity 
in a scary time. I was sobbing, like probably everyone else who's seen the second movie. There's there's Titanic one and Titanic two. Um, yeah, there I, is a Titanic two. Like a real? Are you serious? Yeah. Um. Never watched it. Never will. But it came up on my viewers may also like, and it was Titanic two. I have no idea what it's about. <laughs> um. <laughs> It's after the boat sinks, and it's actually just like fish. <laughs> they turn the fish turn the boat into an apartment complex. <laughs> it's all about the formation of rust. Like, what what can this movie? I mean, I guess it has to be about Rose moving on with her life, right? And having that daughter who didn't know that her mom was part of this, or her grandma, or whatever. Yeah, the, the, yeah, the granddaughter, who weirdly, I feel like had, like, a weird romantic connection with that guy. Totally. Like, the guy right. in charge. Totally. I was like, this is unnecessary. Didn't need to happen. There's no, there's no time to develop it. We're already on the second VHS. Yeah. <laughs> what if that's Titanic 2? I no, don't see probably it. Not. I want it. Either way, I'm not going to watch that. I wrote that I've never been on a cruise before and I definitely never plan on it. No, it, it, no, not after watching that. No, I'm good. I'm really good. Unsinkable ship. Hmm. Hmm. The lies boys tell. <laughs> but yeah, I thought it was, I, I like this movie clearly. Did, did you like it? Um, I like it. I liked the first movie. The second movie scared me a lot, which is what it's meant to do. So I guess they did a good job. My version, my edited version of the Titanic would remove modern day Rose and the granddaughter and like the stuff around it. I don't want it. I don't want it there. I wanted to start with Leo and his friend who's doing that poker thing, but also Speaking of the lack of character development, he abandoned that friend, like, instantly. Immediately, yeah. Was it Fabricio? Something like that. They got on the boat and he said, all right, see you in America. Got it played. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> and that part of the movie was really right. It was all about him and Rose banging. Yeah. That's basically what uh, movie number one is. Yeah. And then they do, they do have sex. And people... People like are always like, oh, that steamy scene. And I'm like, you don't, it's just, it's just quite literally steamy because it's in like a steam room. <laughs> they don't, they, they don't show anything at all. Yeah. You know, people though, they get real weird. Yeah. Today that movie will be rated PG. Oh, for sure. <laughs> 100%. Honestly, G. No, no, too many deaths. Too many deaths. Are they going to say too many titties? <laughs> Not enough titties. <laughs> That's my, my um, feedback of the film. Not enough titties. <laughs> so when we remake Titanic, going to be more titties. Titanic. More titties. <laughs> That's actually the second movie. Titanic 2. A Tale of Two Titties. We can edit this all out, can't we? 
Oh man, this is going in our yearly recap that I just decided I'm doing. Amazing. <laughs> All of our outtakes. I have a couple outtakes from like one other episode and earlier in this episode, but. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. Um, okay. Oh man. So if I were to give this movie a rating of zero to five icebergs, I would give it four icebergs. Okay. Yeah. Um, the iceberg did a great job at its role. Um, yeah, he really had one line and he nailed it. Yeah. The acting in this movie was phenomenal. I just didn't love some of the director's choices on, you know, making the 90s part of it. Didn't need it. No thanks. The science, I got really bored. I don't care about their bee bloop machines their radars, all of that. I don't, I don't want to be, you know, looking at rusty metal. It reminds me of how my dad likes to metal detect. It's such an old man hobby. No one cares about <laughs> except for those old men who care about it. Uh, I don't, I don't want it on my VHS. Um, so four out of five icebergs. I could agree with that. Four out of five, four out of five icebergs. Great. Um, is there anything that you feel like I so blatantly got wrong or right that was surprising to you? Yeah, I mean, you got it right. The family didn't like him because he was poor. The boat sunk. Jack died, which you, I think you said. Um, and yeah, it wasn't bad. The movie made me really cold just watching it. Cold and sad. Yeah. I was left cold and sad just as a viewer, um, which means I guess <laughs> I did a good job. I'll never watch it again. I hope you know that. This is my my only time watching this movie. Thanks for making it happen. I'm glad I did it. I'll never do it again. Uh, thanks for picking this one with me. Um, all right, on that note, I guess we'll sign off. I will say um, we did, well, I did, I, don't, I haven't talked to Laura about this yet. I did make an Instagram page for this. Um, it's not fully up and operational yet. I haven't posted anything, but hey, who knows? Maybe by the time this comes out, we'll be posting some stuff. Maybe I'll even follow. <laughs> it's called Movie Dummies. And it's our logo. So, yeah, check it out. Um, we're bi-weekly. Check us out in two weeks. Don't know what movie we're doing yet. But, yeah, thanks for, thanks for listening. Thanks for your support. Thanks, Natalie. <laughs> Thank you. All right, goodbye.